Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast powered by Cineman. I'm Yuan Graf, and as always, I'm joined by Lachlan Teeley. On episode 142 of the Quiet On Set podcast, Superman is back. We have the casting decision for the James Gunn DCU, DCEU, no, just James Gunn universe, because everything is now going to be directed by James Gunn and a brotherly competition for the big bad in that universe. But before we talk about the latest de-aged adventure of Harrison Ford's... My cat just ran into my camera. Cat? Cat. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I'll have to read your intro because my cat keeps running into my camera. Uh, so before we talk about the uh, last CGI uh, de-aged adventure of Harrison Ford as his last hurrah, uh, as Indiana Jones, uh, we'll be talking about the other films in the series as well. Ewan is right. Today on episode 142, we talk about the deranged, digitally de-aged Indiana Jones and the derailed, dysfunctional, dull IP of a film series that was once a delight and a fun time. Mm-hmm. This week, we are covering Indiana Jones and the <laughs> Dial of Destiny. Damn, that's already such a charged and loaded way of describing it that uh, I feel like we'll have a lot to discuss here. So let's queue up that intro and get into the show. We are professionals. Wait, this, is, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually, Did you this get is gonna me a hat a as bit... well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. All right, Lachlan, uh, welcome back. A much anticipated Hello. film. Um, I feel like we're matching today as well. You know, I got the white yes. hat, the white shirt. You got like the beige gun hat and we are representing. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. Have I made you into a, a hat guy? Because I made you that like quiet on set. I, I noticed you had it on last week as well. Yeah. Have I no, made you into uh, one? Or No, I've grown out my hair a little bit longer. I uh, was going to go buzz it again, but I yeah. haven't. But I'm just in that weird hair length phase where I'm just—I don't know what I'm doing with it. So slap on a cap and just respect the grind of wearing a hat. That's what I've been doing for the last like two years, so I can relate. Uh, My my hair's just been in the growing stage for for that long. But no, I did recently get a haircut as well, just because it did get long. So I like just cut it as short as you can because it's it's summertime Mm. here, so I don't want to have to deal with it. Uh, but yeah, before we get into get into the news and everything around that, I do want to give a quick shout out to the Marvel uh, movie Minute. Uh, Lachlan and I recently were guests on that. By the time this episode comes out, I think pretty much all of my episodes, other than one and for you as well, have been released there. Uh, it's a really fun concept where they break down a movie one minute at a time. Uh, they're doing it for all the Marvel movies, and uh, we joined them to talk about the Avengers. Uh, and yeah, I think I had a lot of fun. Uh, if they ever invite me back again for some future film, I definitely have will do it. Have to respect the grind. Have it's, to respect the. Yeah. They still have their mental capacity intact. You know, maybe it's a little bit gone, uh-huh. but like to do every Marvel movie one minute at a time, it's just. Yeah. I would have uh, been locked up in an asylum at this point. I would be straight jacket, just like screaming just random facts about every single minute uh mm-hmm. so i respect the grind i respect the guys on there they they got a they got a fun shot over there i think if it's just like the two of them i feel like they would go insane they definitely need like to offload mm. the insanity of the concept of this podcast onto their guests so it's really yes. fun when you get a peek behind the curtain because sometimes like yeah. they ask you a question then they go into like intricate detail because like one of them has has gone through the virtual map of new york city having also never been there but he just knows the city by heart just because he yeah. went through it just for the movie alone so they, they're doing some great work over there at uh true, true story fm they got a couple of other shows as well but could give uh, marvel movie minute a try we'll have a link to that uh, below as well but Lachlan, let's talk about some news items and mainly the one that he teased in the intro, uh, the announcement of who is going to be the next Clark Kent and Superman uh, and Lois Lane, which I guess those are just two people uh, <laughs> at the end of the day. Because if you didn't know, Clark Kent is also Superman. I know. Yes, what? everyone easily for oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Hopefully I don't oh. get laser beamed out of existence because I did just leak that. Um, but... 
yeah, there were a couple people in the running. I feel like the most notable of the six people that were was doing screen tests was Nicholas Holt. Uh, he did not get the role, but it instead went to David Corinsweet, uh, uh, who I gotta say, looking at him, really just screams Superman. He he has the jawline, <laughs> he has the look down. It just he he just looks the part so well. Uh, so I feel like that's a great decision. Um, like, what do you think? Uh, is it, was was this a good call? I mean, it's hard to say before we actually see him in the role, but I feel like look wise, it's. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, I guess if we're just going for the standard Caucasian Superman look, then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought they were doing a black Superman. Yeah. I might be wrong. I I don't know. Maybe that's, like, something that we'll get at some point, but... Because uh, I swear I read an article that... This is Superman Legacy, right? Yeah, this is Superman Legacy, yeah. I swear, maybe it's another one that they were planning on doing, but I swear I maybe. read that and I was more interested in seeing that. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. Just another Henry Cavill. I mean, I, I did also just look recently, like the, my, the first thing as well is like for uh for that is for me Idris Elba because I feel like he's 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 just perfect in, in a lot of different roles that I would love to see him in. Um, and I I just came across uh, like a comment the other day where he said he was he was so uh burned out and like disgusted from the discourse that was happening uh when he was maybe in talks to uh take up the mantle of james uh james bond um that he was like okay it's it's not about the role it just becomes about race and uh yeah. i mean you guys fucked it up everyone fucked it up the stupid people that i guess we end up listening to on the internet uh, be- because he would have been, he would have been amazing. He would have been incredible. Sick James Bond. Um, but, but yeah, so, so, uh, I mean, I'd love to see that as well, but, uh, I guess for now we'll st- stay Caucasian for however much longer. Um, but I mean, Nicholas Holt also tried out for, uh, the Batman, I think probably Matt Reeves once, I, I assume. I just saw a bunch of headlines that he's like kind of dunking on him. Like, oh, he's missed out twice now. I feel like for both of them, he's, he's not a great fit. If I'm being honest, I, I don't really see him there. He's obviously like the most notable actor and there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's done X-Men. So I, I don't know. I'll take it off as a success for his superhero roles. But then, uh, Rachel Brosnahan, uh, was cast as Lois Lane. And I feel like that also works really well. Although like, that's just, you know, <laughs> I guess at, at this point as well, just like white girl with the dark hair, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, but from the talks surrounding it, the, the more interesting thing to me is whoever is in talks of taking on the Lex Luthor role. And currently both the Skarsgårds, oh, I think there's a couple more of the Skarsgårds, but two of the Skarsgårds brothers, Bill and Alexander, um, are like in talks going up for the role of Lex Luthor. And that's really exciting, Lachman, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd like a good Lex Luthor mm-hmm. performance. For once, it'd be it'd be nice to have a at least a big screen Lex Luthor performance of good boy. Yeah. I like some of them. I didn't like most of them. I would like one of these ones. Yeah, this would be good. This would be good. And for those who are not familiar, uh, Bill Skarsgård is probably most well known as uh, the clown from It, <laughs> Mr. Pennyworth. Right, uh, does the crazy thing with his eyes and. I don't know what what is Alexander Skarsgård most known for. He's kind of dabbled in a lot of things. I mean, my immediate thing is like his physicality in The Northman is is <laughs> out of this world. Uh, but he yeah. also plays like creepy rich dude, uh, or like weird rich dude. Obviously not the Lex Luthor type in like the latest season of Succession, uh, quite well. Uh, so whatever they end up going with. I feel like both of them would be a great choice. I feel um, like Alexander yeah. has more of the physicality for Lex Luthor, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Because just, just his physical appearance, I feel like it would suit be suited more. But I, I, I do feel like Bill could 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 pull it off. Mm. I, I just think that with the recent stuff that Alexander's been in, Succession, Infinity Pool, Northman, uh, I, I just think there's a, a better push for him. 
he has got yeah. that bigger screen presence than what Bill, because Bill did it as Pennywise, mm-hmm. but then since then has done more independent stuff, smaller yeah. screen stuff than big screen. So I feel like it, it would be, if it was down to them, it would probably be given to Alex. You think so? I don't, I don't just don't know because, well, I guess ultimately it doesn't matter that like the, the actor for David, uh, like David Coinsworth uh, isn't as like well known as maybe a Nicholas mm. Holt would have been. Um, and I mean, ultimately I don't want a, uh, this is just a personal thing for me is I want a superhero movie where I don't know if Lex Luthor will end up being the main villain in this. Uh, but where like the villain is the, the the driving force, you know, that makes it the most interesting. Because essentially, if the a, a good Superman movie is always kind of going over the like ultimate power that he has to wield and how he wields it and the difficult questions that come with it. Uh, so you need a good villain to kind of bring that out of Superman. Um, so mm. I do want to tell an interesting story. I really hope they. Do something good with the villains here, and and like they were also talking that uh, this will not like be an origin story or like a world where superheroes are just uh, like popping up, but they'll actually already be established. So I was thinking, if you were backing on maybe some people popping up, who, who could you see maybe show up their face in uh, Superman Legacy? Like what type of superhero Look, I, characters? Look, I, I don't like DC as much as I like Marvel superheroes. Yeah. I've just never been as of a fan. Mm-hmm. But I would really like to finally see uh, Martian Manhunter on right. screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just like a little cameo. Uh, that was like my one of my favorite moments in Justice League. The Zack Snyder cut was, was him. So I, I just really want a movie because I, I like his concept. It's it's so fun mm-hmm. and his abilities are really, really cool. Yeah. It's just also one character that hasn't been overdone, right? Only exactly. in animation has he really mm-hmm. been on the screen. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. If he if we could get more of that, please. And thank you. Mr. Gunn. Mr. Gunn, please. We we're not threatening. More, sir. I would like more. Please give me some more slop. Uh yeah, I feel like they'll not overdo uh the connection to this universe like too much on where i I don't know maybe like something like the authority which i know nothing about uh could kind of tie in here uh but like a superhero team ish right uh i gotta read up on what they're actually about but um yeah lots of options there and i hope it's gonna be a success um then I also wanted to talk about the continued, oh my god, just abysmal box office performance of The Flash. Uh, they've had another historically high drop that only Morbius uh, could could like overtake. That was actually worse. I saw like a bunch of reports uh, putting it in in context of like what else was this bad, and just really not a lot. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised this movie bombed this hard because. I don't think it was a was a great movie, but I don't think it was like as bad as 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 Morbius or something like that. So, um, not not bringing it up to like further dunk on it, but more uh, to uh, talk about the possibility that well, the Flash definitely killed any prospect that we had to get a Batman Beyond movie because I think a, a while ago that was in the works because Michael Keaton's Batman was supposed to show up in that Batwoman, was it called? Yeah, Bad Girl, no, Bad Girl uh, movie that was scrapped. Uh, and uh, now that he's been in The Flash and that is tanking, I mean, like, yeah, we're not getting Batman Beyond, which is something that I don't know a ton about, but I just know that it's, like, been talked about for, like, 15, 20 years now. Uh, probably 15 more, likely, uh, to, to get an adaptation of that. And I don't know, are you a bit familiar with, with the Batman Beyond st- uh, story? Have you seen, like, that the animated series? No. No. Again, again not, I'm not a DC guy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> since, like, the last time I brought up, like, oh, yeah, he's not into anime. And we talked about One Piece, and he said, like, oh, I've seen 300 episodes. I'm just, like... At this point, I'm not like you don't you don't assume. I don't assume anymore. You you could have totally yeah. seen it. 
Uh, but from the looks of it, I feel like Batman Beyond is something really interesting. So hopefully we'll get it at one point. And Keaton would have been the perfect person for it, I feel like, because it's like an older Batman. Um, and it's nice to have them like early on and then later. But um, yeah, I mean, like superhero movies are not going to go away anytime soon. So, you know, at one point we never saw, uh, we, we would have never believed that like Spider-Man will be in the same movie as like the Marvel stuff because of the rights issue with Sony and, you know, got one of the biggest movies uh, of all time out of that. But uh, we don't know. Then um, the strikes. Striking. Uh, oh, no. I'm about to get flashed. That doesn't make sense if you don't know any film jargon. It's 7 a.m. in the morning. Sorry. I should not make jokes. I'm not being funny. But uh, the Writers Guild uh, of America is still striking, but uh, the Directors Guild uh, did uh, negotiate a deal and is signing that uh, with the studios and the streaming services to avoid its strike that was was what was uh, anticipated as well. But uh, it looks like the uh, SAC, the Screen Actors Guild, is going on strike. Uh, there was a ton of people uh that like additionally signed like a a letter to sag i think um that uh, they should not um sign it and uh, that will ultimately lead to a strike and i feel like it's very likely that this will happen and it would obviously like really put a halt to um all of hollywood i i did see like over the last two days a couple of things that said oh like this and that is going into production or is starting filming. That would definitely put a halt to 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 all of that. Uh, so it would actually put it to a standstill. And uh, it, it's not looking like it's going to be resolved anytime soon. I mean, um, we are slowly approaching the line of the 100 days that the previous uh, strike uh, had lasted. And I feel like this one is going to go on for quite a bit longer but uh yeah our support still stands with the writers with the uh, the actors here um as well and um i don't know maybe at some point we can give you a <laughs> roundup summary when it's all done but it doesn't seem like that's going to be in the next few weeks one last thing that i wanted to bring up just because it's so much fun have you seen like the recent uh campaign stuff that barbie has been doing uh no no Okay, so there are a couple different things. Um, one of them, I think, is the whole like mansion that they uh, like decorated. It's like a photo from top down where you can see all of the typical Barbie stuff. Uh, that that's one of the big ones. Um, there was just like some smaller things, like in in a racing game, they had like I don't know, like a skin for it. Nothing, nothing special. Uh, but they also had like a version of. A, xbox in like a barbie house and um i feel like they're being really creative uh and it's uh it's looking like it's going to be the more uh i guess commercial film between the two that release on july 21st uh and oppenheimer has just like not been doing that much other than hey we exploded an actual nuke which is is not it's not really the case they just did the, the nuke thing in camera but i don't think they, they actually exploded a nuke <laughs> but uh, the rumors carry that movie but what, what do you think what do you think about like this approach to to marketing do you feel like it's effective because uh, i feel like they've been nailing it the internet is loving it it reminds me uh, a few years ago when and i wish this happens with these two movies as well but uh animal crossing new horizons mm -hmm. and doom eternal mm. were releasing on the same day and it was like two like yeah. what game are you gonna get are you gonna get <laughs> doom eternal you're gonna get animal crossing right uh -huh. and this is the same kind of idea <laughs> are you gonna go see barbie or you're gonna go see oppenheimer mm -hmm. and i think that oppenheimer is taking a pretty laid back approach because it's getting enough hype because tom cruise wants to shut down its release date yeah and that's all they need uh, mm -hmm. while Barbie is obviously going to fight for the seats of the people who don't want to go see a, what's coming out as a pretty horrific film. Not in the sense that it's bad, but mm -hmm. is in a, I think they said it was devastating. People left cinemas devastated from watching Oppenheimer. So yeah. I'm going to assume that Oppenheimer is pretty fucking grim. Yeah. So if I uh, want to 
want to want to go see it, I'm probably going to pick Barbie first and then Oppenheimer because I don't want to be depressed while going to watch Barbie. I yeah. feel like that's the terrible way of seeing it. I feel like you should have just like a really pinkish, complete like suit that you dress up to mm. go see Barbie and you and go in and rollerblades exactly and go in to see Oppenheimer just stick out like a sore fun because everyone is just like dressed in all black uh but yeah i mean it's the first r-rated film that uh nolan has done since insomnia uh so mm. i mean his other movies got some dark, dark subject matter as well but i feel like you know this is going to be hitting it a bit harder especially when you know, it becomes to like something historic. Uh, it, it's like you could definitely do that without getting an R rating. So there's there's some stuff that's gonna go down in this film. Um, and we we are not that far away. But like looking at the release calendar, I feel like next week we do kind of have an opening <clears throat> where there's not a lot going on, and you can definitely feel that like you know these two movies are not supposed to be <laughs> released on the same day. Uh, that's why, like, there's, there's a short little vacuum of, of a week that where nothing comes out Someone that would have been five. great. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, man, I guess they're not going to back down. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm loving the campaign. I'm fro- uh, I'll throw up a bunch of pictures of some other stuff that they've been doing. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, like, the album as well that they, they got going for it. They got a lot of, like, star power on, on that. I feel like they're going all out. And, I mean, they do need... A bit more, you know, to get people in there. Because, like, essentially, if you don't know what this movie is going to be, or if you don't know Greta Gerwig, which, which will be, like, the... I feel like the majority of people that go to see this film will have no clue that this is, like, the director of, of Little Women. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and probably not the ones that, that would get them excited. It's just, like, a silly big blockbuster movie that will have, like, a bunch of, I, I guess, maybe good writing in it not just like silly dumb ip fun i'm keen for both i haven't decided which one i'll see first because ultimately i think it will come down to uh (laughs) it will come down to whoever has the the press screening first for me which i was so close to suggesting to to universal here that they should like do the press screening at the same time as the other one just like do further fuck with them um but but yeah <laughs> that's that uh so uh yeah that's it for the news let's uh, get to what we've been watching yeah lachlan what, what have you been up to what have you been watching nothing i'm not here next week so yeah. I'm I'm uh busy organizing that. So I've done nothing. Uh but we are going down south. Uh yeah. myself and my girlfriend and we've already decided that we're going to watch 50 first dates. When I say we, I mean mm. she. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, it's What do you mean? Are you, are you not last... going to watch? No, or... no, I'll watch. No, no, I'll watch. Uh-huh. But um I don't know if I've told you this story, but last time we kind of went down uh uh, south uh, in Western Australia for a week. Uh, I made her watch all of the Star Wars movies. Oh. So <laughs> I think it's her turn. Yeah. Literally, we were there for like a week and we watched all of the Star Wars movies, prequels, original, and at the time, the two sequels. Yeah. Uh, we didn't watch uh, a new uh, Rogue One or Solo. Right. I didn't, I didn't want to, uh, but, but we watched the original. And uh, now we can make Star Wars references together, which is great. So, yeah, uh, we're going to be watching that movie and yeah. uh, maybe some other stuff. I'm thinking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she gets like one, like 90 to 100 minute movies. 90 and you get, minute film. And yeah, you yeah, get yeah. the next 10 <laughs> hours. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we'll have to report back once uh, y- you get back. That's why, like, we are recording it a bit earlier, so I don't have the uh, like crazy amount of movies that um, I guess I I usually watch, which is actually quite like nice to me. But uh, just for those interested, I I did start to uh, upload a a separate video that can only be accessed through a Patreon for free or like in a playlist on the channel here. It's also linked below. Uh, where I go over some of the other stuff that I don't just want to 
blabber on and, and monologue here too much. Uh, so I'll reduce down the amount of movies that I did I talk about in the future here uh, as well in what we've been watching. But the last one I did was 30 minutes long and it was like dense. There was so much to talk about. Uh, but it was a very busy week uh, of me watching movies there. Uh, so if you're interested, go give that a try. Uh, but I did re-watch The Thing. What would you say is like one of the, it's a loaded question, but what would you say is like one of the best horror films of all time? Is like The Thing in there? Or yeah, what's what's on the... Uh, the Thing is in there, but yeah. I think the best horror film of all time is... That's a, Can you ask me this at the end of what we've been watching so I can think about sure, it? Sure, I'll sure, sure. I'll get back to you. Uh, I'll okay. get back to you. Uh, Thank you. It's noted. Uh, but I did watch it with my little brother the first time. Um, it was one of the films that he really wanted to see. And it was my third time seeing the movie. Um, I think the first time I saw it, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, no, I didn't think it was a great movie. I thought it was a good movie uh, because the amount of characters in there, I, I just like didn't get to know everyone. And that was kind of confusing to me because I didn't know like how many people were here and there. But the second time around, I appreciated that more because, like, that adds to the chaos. And now in this first time watch, I'm like, this is is as close to like a perfect horror movie as as you get. It's got like the spectacle, the incredible like work with prosthetics and effects, and all of that is just amazing. And it's it's one of my favorite movies now. I I love the thing. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go give it a try. It's really gruesome, man. It, it like it, it has some really disgusting moments as well. Uh, but if you're like, if you if you're queasy with uh like some uh, dysmorphia uh, when it comes to humans or animals, then I feel like I, I do have to give a warning for it because that's like the 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 craziest shit you'll you'll see in in that film. But yeah, I watched. The thing. Do have a couple more. Uh, I see Luckland has still his, has his thinking cap on. He's still thinking on like the best horror film. Uh, so I'll talk about Late Spring, a movie from 1949. So yes, I did go quite far back. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to catch up on some films that I, I really want to see and that I rarely make the time for. Yeah, Ozu, uh, the Japanese filmmaker, is is one of my favorites just from seeing like uh two of his other films and um this uh movie is streaming on the criterion channel and for those in the in the u.s on on max and it is uh just like a tale about a um a, a daughter she's 27 lives with a uh, dad who is a uh widower essentially she's to be like married off uh, and it's about the dynamics of her kind of wanting to things not to change and stay with her dad. And I feel like it's a really interesting story about them as, as humans, just overall, like that's what Odu, Osu does so well, but also um, of her like dependence uh, always being tied to a, a man. Like she can only be unmarried because she's staying with her, her dad and that her dad kind of wants her there and as soon as he doesn't want her there anymore she kind of has to go get married and i feel like that is really tackled in like 49 uh in such a human way uh that is so incredibly interesting um he's got a particular style his movies are slow moving but i adored it as well gave that a nine out of ten uh, really, really great film. And then another 9 out of 10 for uh, The Battle of Algiers from 1966. Uh, and it's like tracing the struggle of the Algerian Front, the Liberation Nationale to gain freedom from French colonial rule. And it's essentially like showing basically well, terrorists uh, going up against uh, the French and like how easily that can come from the military occupation of a place that is leading to like militant groups to terrorize uh, a place that is in some ways also like really justified why it's there and it's it's a complex film uh really amazingly done can rec recommend that too that's also streaming on the criterion channel and on max in the states so lachlan to throw it back to you what's 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 the best horror film of all time after all of this, I couldn't come up with a very funny joke. Ah. So, uh, the best horror movie is The Thing. The Thing. There you go. 
that Congrats. Uh, I feel validated. You, you, I've been trying to figure out a joke, but I could not come up with one. Yeah, that's that's okay. But uh, I do want to talk about, because uh, I did also rewatch all of the Indiana Jones Kim Kardashian Jones sex tape. There it is. Whoopsies. <laughs> it's I a horror film? My, um, a horror film. <laughs> the big snake monster. Well, there. for her kids, but yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's trauma. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, no, I, I did rewatch all of the Indiana Jones films um, in preparation for this week. So uh, I uh, love them. They're great. And I did really want to rewatch the fourth one just to see what we can compare this next one to. Because I feel like it's pretty obvious, especially if you've seen that non-spoiler review, that the latest one doesn't touch the original trilogy. Um, but like, what, what's your, what's your memory? What's, what's your relationship with the Indiana Jones series? I have a love for the original three. Yeah. I think they're great films. And over time I have come to love Crystal Skull. I'm not going to mm. lie. So yeah. I, I, I do really like the Indiana Jones series as a whole. Mm -hmm. For me, Last Crusade will be my favorite, even though I really do like Raiders. Uh, Crusade was... I believe the first one I actually watched. So mm -hmm. there's just that specialness in it for me. I think I watched it backwards, actually. I think I watched Raiders, sorry, Crusade, Temple, and then Raiders, oh, which okay. is an odd way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they're all their own thing. Yeah, so... it doesn't really matter, yeah. Mm, that's, yeah, that's that's my history. Because Right, so because I think Marion isn't in the third one, right? So it doesn't really no. really matter. She's back for the Norse. fourth one and the fifth yeah. one. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I I, I uh, did also watch uh, Raiders uh, with my little brother. I made a double feature, The Thing and then Raiders. And it was, was a great double feature. And from for me, what, what really came through is that uh, these movies have always been, been very silly. Uh, and uh, I feel like like a lot of the critiques that came for the fourth one, like not really considering that as much. I feel like what is more of a letdown in the fourth one is the amount of um, what is it called, like halluming or whatever, like that that glow that is just like around that you get from sure. the stacking the same file on top of each. Other. I know I, I don't need to give you a breakdown of how to do it in the video editing software, but what you get, what I'm saying is like that glow is just ever present in that movie. And it it's just like that movie really loses me at the car chase. Uh, like I, I feel like that's for a lot of people, I guess that's, that's where that happens, but it like the sequence, the jungle? That, the jungle, that's the sequence that really doesn't work for me. And I think I also remember the first time, stopping the movie when i saw it like a couple of years ago and, and saying like this shit is stupid as fuck i don't like this and uh, like it's really over the top with the the ants and i, I don't mind the, the fridge thing at all it's like it's one of the the silly things like there's also after that <laughs> like there's a there's a not a pretty good sequence that, that is funny but also ridiculous of them like there's three drops and it just like go down the waterfall <laughs> like, yeah. the time. like there's 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 some funny bits in in the fourth one as well and it does have its charm but um and, and you also said that you think uh like kingdom i think is is better than dial of destiny we'll get i guess we'll have to revisit that one but I also made some calculations of how well these movies uh, did at the box office. And what is notable is that uh, Indiana Jones has always been a really successful franchise at the box office. Um, only the first one was actually like the highest grossing of its year. But what is notable here is that it had uh, that it was the, the leggiest movie of all time, which which means um, you got like an opening uh, box office number that's on, that, that the movie does over the first weekend and uh being the leggiest movie means that like it did the most amount of times of that opening money again so indiana jones raiders uh raiders of the lost ark did 27.17 times its opening budget ultimately in the box office run it was also in theaters for like over over a year uh it uh, and adjusted to inflation now it would have grossed 1.22 billion dollars uh so this franchise has been a billion dollar franchise if it ever adjusted for inflation uh for a while the second one 
uh, did uh, a bit less. Um, 974 million was the third highest grossing of its year. Uh, Crusade did 1.16 billion. And then Kingdom adjusted to inflation here, of course, is uh, 1.11 uh, billion. And both of those last two were the second highest grossing film of its year. So I'm especially bringing that up because we had some box office tanks for franchises and studios. And I'm not sure where this latest one will add up, if it will make the like top three the rest of the franchise has been doing so far. But uh, we can we can talk a bit more about that, I guess, uh, in our review. But just quick thoughts. Do you think this next one, the fifth one, will be a hit like the previous ones? Or will it... Uh, tank or just like be kind of in the middle somewhere it totally depends on how it's received from a greater audience at first yeah. i feel like once the initial non like non critiques are out yeah uh and it's just like everyday people reviewing the film on imdb and on the internet then we might see it fall off but if people like it, they might go see it. And I'm sure there's plenty of hardcore fans that definitely want to go see the film in cinemas because that's how they've seen every other Indiana Jones movie. So why yep. would they make it different? So I could definitely see it making some money. Money. As much money as the rest. I think it might be a, a, a Temple of Doom level of income for this film. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's, that is a bit more realistic, but that would mean... In today, I mean that movie made three hundred and thirty-three million right at its time, but that's now adjusted seven hundred and uh, nine hundred and seventy-four million, which would be quite a successful movie. I, I did put this into our spoiler talks, but I guess I'll I'll take it away right now. Currently, the highest-grossing movie is Super the Super Mario Brothers with one point three four billion worldwide, and then the second one is Guardians with eight hundred and uh twenty five and i mean i, I could guardians see... not like a billion no 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 uh i think wow. most guardians films didn't i don't know if any of them cracked a billion i feel like this is one of but like I it can't was like 700 one something film cracked a billion uh this year yeah and i i saw someone recently say this that like uh the first the movie to make a billion that is not based on ip or like a sequel or anything i think it was like eight years ago and it was uh, oh, it was one of the Pixar films. What was it? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Frozen. It was like another one. Uh, but just a really long time ago that we got a billion dollar movie that was not based on any sort of IP. Which, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, mm. that's that's I guess what we need. Uh, but uh, let's let's actually talk about that fifth installment in this franchise. Uh, and Lachlan, do you want to read the logline for Indiana Jones and the Dialogue? <coughs> I got two there, by the way. The, the, the ones... I'll read both of them. Oh my Finding god. Finding himself in a new era approaching retirement, Indy wrestles with fitting into a world that seems to have outgrown him. Ooh. But as the tentacles of tentacles. an all-too-familiar evil returns in the form of an old rival, Indy must don his hat and pick up his whip once more to make sure an ancient and powerful artifact doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Or archaeologist Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary artifact that can change the course of history. 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 Yes. <laughs> I love the Thank dedication uh, to it. Um, yeah, the, the the first one is a bit long, I'd say. And, Very long. Uh, I think that's the one that we read for our non-spoiler review, which, by the way, if you want to hear our non-spoiler thoughts straight from Gun, you can go give that a listen. Uh, the rest of this review will be uh, spoiler heavy. We won't it's hold back. It's spoiler territory, baby. It is spoiler let's go. territory. Uh, and yeah, let's talk about the film. Uh, it's it's a long one. It's I think the longest uh, Indiana Jones films with uh, film with over two and a half hours uh, so far. Like we said, hasn't been out to the public yet. We also recording this before it's released to the public, like at all. But so far, it is at a three point two in Letterboxd. That's really low. Uh, a seven point one on IMDb and a fifty eight on Metacritic. It is, Jesus Christ, it is an expensive movie. This movie reportedly has a production budget of $295 million, 
which is crazy. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's currently tracking. Wild. Um, an I got an allergy from that budget. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to step outside. Uh, but it's currently tracking a $65 million opening, um, which would put it behind, if I remember correctly, the fourth one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think that had like an, an opening of like 75 or 80 million in mm. like the first opening weekend. Regardless, uh, a $300 million budget means it has to basically make a, a billion to be considered a, a success uh, to, to actually get the return on this. Um, that's a lot of money. Um, but yeah. So Lachlan, it's been... A while since we've seen this film, um, because it's not out, we haven't had a chance to give it a rewatch. So, off of our memory from Gun that early morning, so we still actually haven't seen like the first three minutes of this movie. <laughs> like, still have no. not. Uh, it was a shit show to get into that theater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it was a unique experience there. Uh, but like, what what are your overall thoughts on on uh, this latest adventure, this potentially last adventure? Or India, well, I feel like it it's is a lost adventure. Bad. Trash. Uh, I dislike this film. I don't hate really? it. Mm -hmm. I dislike it. Right. I'm disappointed. Like, I didn't go into this film with a, with a prejudice against Crystal Skull. I went into mm -hmm. this film going, okay. So have some fun. many months ago, many years ago, I discovered that Steven Spielberg stepped away from the project. Mm -hmm. Is that a red flag? Possibly. Possibly. What could be that red flag? Well, it could be that it's a pretty shitty screenplay. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay, sure. That's okay. But who steps up to the plate? James Mangold. James uh, Mangold. There mm -hmm. we go. We said it at the same time. Maybe with a bit of delay, but I tried to make sure we I, it at the I same did, time. I did um, say it before you. Technically. Oh, okay. That's embarrassing. No, no, no. Uh, we, we said it at the same time. We said it at the same time. There's a delay. Yeah, there's a delay. Sure. You probably were first. If we... Anyways, anyways. James Mangold. Who's but James Mangold? James Mangold has done some pretty good films in the past. He Most has. notably for me would be Logan. Mm -hmm. And he can make a decent film from some source material. So I was yeah. hoping that he stepped up to the plate, looked at the screenplay, and went, hmm, look, guys, this ain't it, Chief. And maybe fucked around with it a little bit and made it a little bit better. Mm hmm. I don't think James Mangold's the problem here. I don't think that any of the performers are the issue here. I think mm. that each performer, actor, actress, whether it be Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridges, whether it be uh, Mads Mikkelsen, even uh, Boyd Hellbrook, which mm. he has like two lines of dialogue in the opening 30 minutes of the film, and then yeah. he doesn't say like anything for the rest of the film. He's just there. Yeah. It is nothing to do with them. They have some pretty good actors and actresses in this film. It's the screenplay. It's the story. It's the script. It's the dialogue between them. Not the performers giving that dialogue, but the actual words themselves yeah. and how they interact with it and how it bounces between each character. It's just a little too... It's just bad. It's it's, it's very that's like, all I can say. It's goofy. just bad, and I feel like the rest of the the films were also goofy. But like the, it was like some of the situations that they make it out of are pretty ridiculous. But from a screenplay standpoint, the the performances that was simple there had like a lot of chemistry, kind of carried it. But there's like a scene in uh. A well, a library, I think, where they like knock over a, a bunch of of uh, of like uh, uh, stuff and bookshelves. It, bookshelves, yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking for. Bookshelf. It's really early in the morning. Um, and but it's not books. It's it, artifacts. So artifact shelves. It's artifact shelves. I, I guess. Yeah. They 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 get shelved. Um, and it's that's what it should have been done with this character. It should have been shelved. I I don't think they had like a worthwhile story to tell here. Um, unfortunately, it, it, it's just, uh, like that silly goofy way of, of doing it, um, doesn't really work because it, it's also like, they're not trying to, to kill him most of the time. I think like, that's the impression that I get. Uh, and Harrison Ford is just, just old as well. He's just very old. Like leave the man alone, um, to, to get like this. Pretty still action-heavy performance out of him. Like, obviously not him. It's a lot of, like, the stunt doubles, which are quite noticeable. 
um but uh, it just it just doesn't really work and then i guess you you got to do the thing again where you bring in someone younger and because it, it takes also some some temple of doom inspirations and also has like another younger character in here that i could not for the for the life of me name right now i got no clue what that guy is called but i just know that he's in there for quite a bit of like the latter half of the movie which i, I also got a heady heady uh teddy, teddy. I, I don't know i don't know one of them oh yeah teddy teddy it's teddy uh yeah <laughs> uh and i feel like uh you know the temple of doom kid which we now know as oscar winning kehu kwan um is is really great in that role they they give him a lot of just background uh character uh, energy in the way that he like does a lot of stuff in the background here and it doesn't work if it feels so studio heavy in its writing that's why i agree with you i feel like it's not the fault of, of the actors or uh the the director here uh, but it's more like a studio thing that we need a hit that has that checks these boxes. But yeah, the film relies heavily on cameos, callbacks, and references, and uh, yeah. it, that's not a film plot point. That's the thing; they are fluff pieces. And because this film is already long enough, I don't feel that it's necessary to have that level of interest in a character you yeah. don't need to have 30 seconds dedicated to a bunch of characters who haven't been on screen for a while as a callback or a reference especially when you get to the end of the film where there's one last one that's just like thrown in there and it's like whatever especially when mm -hmm. you don't get all characters back like they kill off and again we are in spoilers Mott. uh shia labeouf yeah <laughs> like he's gone and uh, it's just like two lines of dialogue and that's it. And it's a bit unfortunate that that's the case. Maybe Charlie didn't want to come back or maybe they just wrote him out without telling him. No, they definitely wrote him out because just... like, you know, that, there's, there's a lot of bad blood. No one, I think. No, one wants, no one wants to do with Jared LaBeouf these days. But yeah, yeah that's, that's the unfortunate thing is just that they rely too much on these cameos to hold emotional weight because yeah, between yeah, yeah. the characters who are on screen, you said there's a little bit of chemistry. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. I think, yeah, the the Phoebe Waller-Bridge stuff works better in theory, at least to me, than it does in actuality from the part time that I've watched this film when I wasn't sleeping. It worked better in my head. Again, I did fall asleep. I would have loved to revisit this one and actually watch the whole movie because... You know, there's an Antonio Banderas uh, cameo uh, that I fixed off it's 15 seconds of. Uh, what? What? It's not a cameo. You think? You think it's like an actual role that he gets? It's an actual role. Okay. Okay. He's not. He's in there long enough. He's for me, it was a cameo because I saw him for like 15 seconds before, I, like, I was awake for 15 seconds. I was tired that morning. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Look, I think uh, the like the death of Mutt of Shia LaBeouf is also kind of a catalyst to have some conflict between him and Marion. That he has like a drive for for Indy's arc that uh, ultimately was let down. That's all hinging on let's get them back together because like we saw them in the first movie and it's like a long ass romance that you want to see come back together and i wanted talking big spoilers here indy to just like stay in the past and i was kind of let down when they don't follow through with that uh it feels in an odd way when he's there and he's like with his like his wishes to stay here um <laughs> they just like force him back in is like oddly what this movie also feels like although like uh, I'm sure Harrison Ford is very happy, incredibly happy to be doing this film. He he loves it. Uh, but um, yeah, they didn't he give it the, the same. Money. He definitely loves the money. Money. I think he's definitely. I mean, he's about to be in the MCU. You know, uh, so he's he's making a bank before he probably will quit acting. Not not. Or maybe maybe he'll he'll go like uh, until he he can't anymore. Uh, but. Yeah, I was a bit let down for where they, they end up in the story. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you, like, what makes 
what's the charm what, what makes like an indiana jones movie f great for you what, what, what's the great thing about like the original trilogy well i guess for you even the, the fourth mystery one. the mystery the mystery um so i, I like how you you segued into this because this is one of my one of my points for why i don't like this film yeah each each indiana jones film is a action adventure film yeah and there's mystery to it right mm -hmm. it's a mysterious aspect aspect and i've come and I, and I said and some people won't like me saying that i i like crystal skull but crystal skull the issue i have with crystal skull other than picking down individual scenes but as a whole mm -hmm. as a film looking at uh dollar destiny there is aliens in crystal skull yeah spoilers right that's the unbelievable part right everyone's mm -hmm. like it's fucking aliens but the thing is Every single one of Indiana Jones films, there's that little bit of unbelievability, okay? But mm -hmm. the majority of the film is set in a reality. That's the thing. Big yeah. ants, they can exist, you know? Big me metallic heads that are made of crystal, that are magnetic, yeah. that can be believable, it can the, be a reality, right? The original But the thing yeah. is, the thing is, each film has 30 seconds to a minute of that unbelievable part that spectacle whether the it mystery be of archaeology with the yeah. ark of the covenant whether mm -hmm. it be the reaching into the heart of someone a chest of someone to reach and grab their heart right 30 seconds of that whether it be someone living forever a knight that's lived forever the art uh, like the cup of christ making some guy just die instantly if he picks mm -hmm. the wrong cup these are all unbelievable things now last crusade is probably the one out of the original trilogy that has the longest but crystal skull does the same thing the alien aspect isn't in it is only in there for like a minute, two minutes, with the actual alien reaching down to talk to uh, the villain, uh, Kate Blanchett's character, who's not coming to me with the name, mm. and also when the alien spacecraft leaves. That's it. Yes, it's yeah. aliens, but also the act of God reaching in voodoo magic to the chest of somebody, <laughs> and also the cup of Christ was not believable in the original trilogy. I get that. That's an argument that can be made. But Dial of Destiny's time travel, which is its unbelievable part, is a whole 15, 20 minutes in the yeah. film. It's, it's too long to be set in a reality that we are expecting to be real, mm. right? Yeah. That's the issue I have with this film. There's no... It, it, there is sci-fi in Indiana Jones. That is a fact, right? Science mm. fiction can be... Whether it be like a, the act of God or voodoo magic, it's, it's an unbelievable aspect. Sure, it's not in the future reality like aliens are, but it's got that fantasy aspect to it, right? Mm -hmm. Dial of Destiny is a sci-fi adventure. Yeah. It's not an action adventure. It's a sci-fi adventure. And that mystery part that I spoke about, right? The original trilogy has this really well done, especially in Last Crusade. My favorite example is the X on the floor. When they when India's walking yeah. around the room, figuring out the mystery of how he has to find this like uh, sarcophagus of this mm -hmm. knight, and he goes X marks the spot, and you just go, ah, oh, that was so cool, that was so much fun. They were bouncing off each other. You can see that he's having a good time because he's an archaeologist. He's having fun dissecting this, but there's none of that in this film because yeah. the answers are just known to every character, especially. Helena. Helena knows the answer to everything. Indy oh, yeah. knows the answer to stuff that Helena doesn't know. And if they don't know it, well, then uh, Mads Mikkelsen's Vola's going to know it, right? That, mm. that, that's the issue I have with this film. There's no mystery because they present a mystery and they answer it within 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. I, f I feel like it's also towards the end um, less like... <sighs> There's the repetition that all of the four uh, previous films have of like, like you said, escalating it at the end. And as usually like a comeuppance um, on some kind of moral thing of like just being greedy or whatever. I, I feel like the third one really nails it. Like that moment between Indy and his dad that like Indy, mm. let it go. Like that's like, yeah. ooh, that, that hits so hard. Like... I would not be surprised if that may, makes a shit ton of people cry because uh, it's it just like it has that emotional resonance as well. And I feel like this movie kind of needs that as well. If he wants that extended moment that he basically is back in whatever 
Mesopotamia. I don't know what time they go back to, to be honest, because uh, it really doesn't leave like a, a mark uh, on me. And I wasn't asleep for this last part, by the way. I did stay awake <laughs> for the entirety of that. Uh, but it, it, it just never gets anywhere interesting. Like if you sacrifice the, the mystery part, the quickness of like that ridiculousness in uh, favor of story, in favor of a connection, I'm fine with it. But I, I also didn't feel that because I feel like it's easier to see people connect when they're a bit flawed, when they got some issues uh, that they got to work through. Here, it, I, I, I don't know. It, it takes out all of the, the faults that Indiana Jones has in, in a way a bit. And it's more and more about like, they're just running from place to place, figuring out, like you said, uh, all the riddles in like one second. Um, and it feels more like an action movie, like the adventure part is kind of taken away from this. Um, and I think, I think it's a, it's a mistake. It's, it's not great. Um, mm. but I also feel like it's going to be received this way. I would be surprised if people, you know, I'm sure that critics were a bit harsher than the audience is going to be on this. Like for sure. That's always the case. That's the job of the critic to not, you know. Because the audience goes to see what the audience wants to see and critics tend to see whatever is, is released. So you, you do get a bit more criticism there uh, usually. But um, yeah, I feel like that's going to be an issue for, for a bunch of people. Although like there they are some fun moments in there, but it's hard to... I don't know if I got like a favorite moment because it's all like so mellow. There's no real peaks. Uh, to me, there's also like no really harsh valleys it's just like it's kind of just like okay-ish the whole time through well, uh the the opening the opening set piece is probably the, the best part of that is true the but we didn't action miss is probably one of the best parts of the film part of which it. is which is yeah. the moment that they de-age him but the thing yeah. is it's not that interesting like the de-aging looks really good because they do do it quite strategically in low light which is perfect but yeah i mean the, it's the, still the, noticeable that, that's not the as yeah it's not the aspect of this scene this scene is setting up the entirety of the film yeah and it's probably the best part maybe spielberg directed that scene and then he and then was like yeah i'm done yeah, yeah. and then he did uh, i mean that's the place where we get mats mickelson as well and his villain is also i feel like i feel like the the villains in indiana jones were never the strong part they were just a vehicle or something else. So no, I don't mind you're a liar. that. Who who is a great liar. villain? I don't like Kane Blanchett. I I think her like oh my god that ridiculous haircut. Bark? It's what's his name? Bullock. Bullock. Ah oh, yeah, in the first one. Yeah. No no he yeah yeah. I I think Raiders does have the best villain overall. I I don't really care for the one in three. Never and, been able to like peak that. To to do what? Oh, to peak that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never been able to peak that. I mean, yeah, they do go back to the Nazis because it's like just like I mean, it's it's a it's a fucking Nazi. It's easy to hate. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Voller here, Doctor Voller, uh, is is after the dial of destiny too. Like his motivation at the end of the, I know that they're always like selfish and dumb, but uh, <laughs> like what's his what's his thing that he wants to go back and do a better job than Hitler? That, like that's his motivation yeah, he wants to be the hitler yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's and we we like i don't know that's just it's it's just silly it's so over the top uh and it, it, i mean it's fine it's fine he is not like as ridiculously evil as a character like that would need to be but 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 yeah it, it's fine it's it's fine uh i also wanted to mention that i think that Chris, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull starts off in, in a better place and it, it really loses me at, like I said, like the car chase. But up to there, I feel like you got a pretty solid movie there. There's some just some things that I don't like about it, but like it, it goes downhill for me, literally like drops mm. down three stories in a waterfall. Um, And here, that like opening doesn't, uh, it, it's great. It's pretty good, but it, yeah, it never connects with anything after that that worked for me. What else do you want to talk about? Are there like any specific moments, favorite, least favorite ones that you wanted to bring up? I've got nothing really because the least favorite moment was when I entered the theater and my favorite moment was when I exited the theater. Ah. 
that's okay. Good to know. Thank well, you. I, d- I didn't want to bring up some alternate history thing here, you know, speaking of time travel and everything. Um, because in early 2015, I found this fun fact that, uh, that uh, Danny Villeneuve's brother, Martin, um, did uh, write a, a, a script proposal for a fifth or sixth installment in the Anna, Indiana Jones series. Uh, and he pitched it to Denny Villeneuve, who was was like working on Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, and uh, it, like it was described as nearly perfect or whatever, and was up for Steven Spielberg's consideration, but uh, to direct, but it never ended up happening. I just wanted to get your thoughts on where do you see this? What what do you think about like an alternate history where maybe Denny Villeneuve is directing? this instead of james mangold and they did work their own script in do you think that's something that maybe would have succeeded in a in a way different way like now that he's he's done a blade runner sequel that is to our standards really an amazing movie and it really highly received dune uh a film that's getting a sequel this year what do you think about like this you know alternate history proposal you say There's the multiverse uh, in, in cinemas all the time. Why can't we get one I, for different movies? I I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade 2049. Oh, no, 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 no. For, for sure not. For no, a never. Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what. The if, if, man, if someone could leak that script, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> can we have someone leak that script so we can please, please. And, and think about the what ifs and then can we have someone animate the script for us please mm-hmm, mm-hmm. brilliant and then can we have Harrison Ford voice act please <laughs> can we can we just have Harrison Ford sitting in the back please for like one episode let's just do a TV serial of <laughs> the screenplay when it's leaked no I just want him to eat cereal to in the background be. just like munching away on it uh, no. I, by the way, if you want to get a good dose of Harrison Ford, go give uh, Shrinking uh, a try. Uh, he plays like a grumpy, old, lovable uh, shrink in that show, and he's amazing. It's like, you know, I've had we've had some great TV that was ending this year. Shrinking, uh, with its first season, is up there as one of the ones to replace it alongside like The Bear and Shrinking, probably the best shows that are uh, currently airing so that's my uh, should i should i make that the double feature oh, i might make that the double feature uh, yes okay so let's get to our, our rating of indiana jones and the dial of destiny because i feel like there's not much to add that we wanted wanted to he, he should have died is what i'm saying he should have just stayed there and and lived out his life uh, but i guess he's back with marion happy ending uh not so happy ending for our ratings because well i'm giving it a 2.5 out of 5 what about you, Lachlan? And I'm giving it a two out of five. Oh wow! Did you go down with your rating? Was I think I did. I might yeah. go even further if you if you tempt me. Not yeah. gonna lie. No, 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 no. We'll stop it here. We'll stop it here, because uh, yeah. Otherwise, we're just dirty, dirty uh, film critics that can't enjoy anything and will be hated just by dirty the audience. Dirty film critics. Dirty. I did shower this morning, so I'm not that dirty. Good. So no, you go shower yourself. If you got a problem with with our ratings here, but no, let's uh, pick a double feature for Dial of Destiny. Uh, How about I think, you go first this week while I quickly think of one because I haven't thought of one yet. I I did uh, write one down for you further there, but it's not a released film yet, and I feel like you you'd uh, like it. But uh, I'm going with, <laughs> I guess, Shrinking, uh, a t- Apple TV Plus series. It's really fun. Um, and yeah, got like 10 episodes, I think. Season two is coming as well. Go give it a try. My double feature is another archaeologist movie uh, directed by someone with the same uh, initials as Steven Spielberg, uh-huh. uh, but directed by Steven Summers. Uh, it's the 1999 classic The Mummy with Brendan Mummy. Fraser. You know, to this day, I still have not seen that movie. I I really gotta. I really gotta you watch haven't it. seen the Mummy? Are no, you fucking no. kidding me? I have you not. have to watch it, bro. I know. Okay. You have to watch it, man. Jeez. I'll make sure to squeeze it in. I'm also rewatching all of the Indiana and uh, not the Indiana Jones, the Mission Impossible films. Uh, because in two weeks we'll be talking about uh that latest film. There's some mm. uh early reactions out of it, and it seems like it's not going to be like the best 
of the uh, Mission Impossible series, but I feel like they've had some hype. Not, not like I'm saying it in a way that it's like bad. It's just like not as great as maybe Fallout sure. was a really good one, I think. Um, Fallout was fun. But yeah. Anyways, uh, releasing this week before we get ahead and jump to the next week, uh, July 7th, um, Insidious the Red Door is releasing. I also got to watch those films. I think there's two that precede this and then there's like three or four no, there's three more, I think, that are not directly tied to this next sequel. I won't be watching those, but I'll be catching up with Insidious 1 and 2 before, um, yeah, uh, the red door enters. You walk through the red door. I, I don't know. I don't know what the co connection is. I got to watch Insidious is, is what I'm trying to say. And then uh, in the States, uh, unfortunately not for me in Lachlan, uh, Joyride is releasing a raunchy uh, Asian-led comedy here that uh we will give a try as soon as we uh get it here which won't be for another i think two weeks uh, uh no, sorry not for another two weeks for another two months is what i'm trying to say it's a bit longer than that uh so if you want to hear my thoughts on that early uh like i said the, the thing that is linked below with the extended what i've been watching i will be talking about that uh later on because it will be recorded after you know the weekend once i've seen it so that's kind of jump into the future we got some more movies to talk about uh anyways uh like you, like i said uh insidious the uh the red door is our main topic uh next week uh until then like what can people do what, what should they do here on that channel while you're still here they should like yeah the video, mm -hmm. subscribe to our channel so they can Ooh. see the latest podcast episode each week exactly. uh we've relaunched the patreon with free content yeah just so you can see stuff that's not for youtube but just over there exactly. didn't really fit the format so we mm -hmm. have it off the channel kind of makes sense kind of does uh, make sense and follow us on every single one of our socials that can be found in the description below yes. the video mm -hmm. exactly so so that's pretty much it thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week close close the door because it's turning red mm -hmm.